almost every man, woman, and child on earth go through something that seems to stop the world from turning and changes our direction forever. It might be an illness, a near-death experience, the loss of a loved one, or something else. Whatever it is, it will be a crossroad in life. At that point, we'll decide what direction our life will take from that day forward. Today's guest had that moment as a young man, something that brought him to the very edge of death. At the very moment the doctor was going to pull the plug, things changed. Most of us couldn't imagine what this young man was going through or how he could get through it. God has a way of getting our attention, and our guest was brought from the edge of death and came to Christ to be used in an amazing way for His glory. Come along now as we head down the trail to adventure and hear an amazing story of overcoming and receiving blessings like many have never seen. Let's join our host, Dean Hulse, now as he meets an old friend in a new way in God's Great Outdoors. Welcome to God's Great Outdoors, the trail to adventure. This is Dean Hulse, your host. We are in Noblesville, Indiana, with a gentleman that I've known for a long time, but only met yesterday. Cam Tribolette, good to have you. Yeah, good to be here. Thank you. We met through some business and fundraising things years ago with American Deer Foundation, online, on phone calls, on emails years ago. There's no mistakes and no accidents in God. what God's doing. Yep. We are uh, going to share some stuff today that of your life. You, you've gotten to do a lot of it. A lot of great adventures in your life, but at the age of 21, is that how old you were? I was 23. 23, when you yeah. had an adventure that changed your life. Not really an adventure, but it ended up starting an adventure that you that's changed your life for the better. Oh, yeah. yeah. Why don't you tell us, um, this started with a night of out and on your way home, something happened. Tell us what happened in your life. I was, uh, like I said, I was 23 years old. I was out doing things I shouldn't have been doing. Kind of a backstory. I've been deep into drugs and alcohol ever since my teens. So at the age of 23, you know, I mean, at the age of 21, that's when things really ramped up because now I got access to, you know, all the partying I want, right? I can go anywhere I want and do it whatever I want. And so after a long night of partying and a lot of drugs, a lot of alcohol, I found myself downtown Fort Wayne. It was about three o'clock in the morning. My, my goal was try to hit last call. Mm-hmm. That was it, you know, because one more drink. You know, one more little party, and I was going to head home. Just before you get in the downtown pull-up stoplight, and I'm waiting at the light, and this blue car pulls up next to me, and there's three guys in it, and they're eyeballing me. And I just did the old, you know, the nod your head, how you doing type thing, and I'm just waiting for the light to turn. And the guy in the back seat got out and came up to my truck. So I rolled down my window to see what he wanted, and he just started beating at me through the window, just beating at me. And all I remember is reaching for that truck door to get out because I'm 23, I'm cocky and yeah. you know think I can take on the world right well what the cops pieced back together for me after all this happened was um I got in a fight with the three guys one of the guys shot me three times in the abdomen area and uh and I made it back into my truck but through the loss of blood I crashed just I just went over the road got crashed and uh I actually crashed into the back of a bar as they were closing so they're walking out there in the parking lot and I crashed that was a godsend yeah. because I would have, when I crashed through the bar, I ended up in a big pile of sewer pipes that was stored back there, and you couldn't even see to my truck. Mm. So, uh, but by the grace of God, they called you know, the ambulance and they came and got me, but they didn't know I was shot. They just thought I was, they just thought I crashed. Yeah. So they got me in the operating room and opened me up, and that's, you know, took off my clothes. And that's when they found the three bullet holes, and things just sped up from there. One of the bullets went through the aorta, one went through my bowel. 
and one went through the intestines and lodged on my back. So they, many surgeries, all that. They fixed the aorta, they grafted it back together, but the infection from the bowel was starting to eat everything. So, um, I mean, the infection ate my aorta. That's right. right. So they put a new aorta in. I actually have a new one that goes in from my neck down the side of my body to feed both legs. Really? Yeah. So in that amount of time, you know, putting the new aorta in and trying to get things fixed, the uh, gangrene started setting in, the muscles died, and off with the legs. When that amount, above the knee, right? Above the knee, okay. yep. Yep, bilateral above the knee. Mm-hmm. So in that, you know, they of course I was in that drug-induced coma, right? Shortly after the legs went off, I started basically coding. Uh, the infection was just eating my body, and I was just loss of blood. It was, it was a mess. So the um, doctors told me that what they, they ended up bringing me back to life 13 different times. And I could tell you some stories of, you know, going to the light and stuff yeah. like that. It was, it, was, it was a mess. So in the middle of this, I mean, you, you didn't know if, if you were going to come out of it. They didn't know if you were going to make it. They actually didn't expect you to live. No, they, uh, I remember, I mean, I heard all this. When you're in a drug-induced coma, you can still hear people, mm-hmm. see, I mean, feel things. And it, it's happening, but your body can't respond. It's the strangest feeling. So I remember people coming in and crying and saying goodbye. And, and what was happening was the doctors were getting ready to pull the plug on me just because my own dad said it's no more. We're, we can't put him through this anymore. So the doctor came in to perform the last bit of it. And when he started, he noticed that there was actually urine in the bag. So your system was coming back out? It was coming back out. I mean, I had full renal failure, the kidney stuff, liver stuff. I mean, I was on feeding tubes. I was on every tube you can imagine. I had it. Um, and the doctor said, whoa, stop. We've got urine in there. We, we've got a chance. And so they started that long road of just trying to make me better. Well, in the middle of that, I think you also had a fiancé at the time. Yeah, I was engaged to be married. Uh, believe it or not, I was not going to be married, but I was engaged. And uh, when I came out of the, all these surgeries and they finally woke me up and, and uh, kind of, you know, I had a trach in at the time, so I couldn't even talk. But uh, my fiancé came in at that time to see me and, and uh, she told me, that uh, she doesn't think she can marry a man with no legs. And she took the ring off and laid it on the table next to me and walked out. That's a sad commentary, you know, yeah. but God had a plan yeah. beyond that. That was that was a moment where I knew that I did not want to live anymore. I, I had lost everything. I mean, imagine my, my, so my parents forgot to pay my insurance because they had more things to worry about. I mean, so insurance dropped me. I lost my truck, I lost my motorcycle, I lost my house. I mean, I was declared indigent. I was put on welfare. Wow. It, yeah, I had nothing. And when that happened, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And I had planned. My, my goal was to get better, get home. Wow. That was my plan. So um, from there, there's, there's good news. I mean, there's a lot of good news. Actually, that changed your life for the better. In the long run, oh, it did. Um, you uh, you could you can tell this. Well, you know what? Before we go on from there, because we want to tell the rest of that story, but then I want to talk about uh, after what really changed. Then I want to talk about some of the adventures you've had because you've had more adventures with no legs than most people do with two legs. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's take a quick break, and then we'll be back and uh, and go on with the rest of this story. We'll be right back. 
For the last 26 years, God's Great Outdoors Trail to Adventure has been broadcast out to win men and women, boys and girls for Jesus Christ. This is only possible by the generosity of our listeners. Thank you to all who have supported us in the past. God has blessed us because of you. We pray for you to feel his blessings as well. Additional underwriting support has been provided by Matthews Archery, the leader in the archery industry. Mission Archery, with revolutionary crossbow technology. Three Rivers Archery, supplying everything you need to make your own traditional archery equipment. Hunter Safety Systems, saving lives is what we do. And Conviction Game Calls. At Conviction, we do not separate work from our faith. We believe that our faith should be evident in every aspect of our lives, and the outdoors is one of the best places to share that. God's Great Outdoors has produced many ministry tools, including tracts, DVDs, and books to help you reach others for Jesus Christ. You can access these items, other God's Great Outdoors items, and so much more at our website, ggoutdoors.org. That's ggoutdoors.org. Welcome back to God's Great Outdoors, the trail to adventure. We are in Noblesville, Indiana with uh, Cam Tribolet. And uh, Cam, you and I met on phone, like I said, in email and texts and stuff years ago. Um, we left off with you basically waiting to commit suicide. But you got a new hope and changed your life. Uh, tell us about your physical therapy. Not so much about that, but how, yeah, about the good stuff, right? how God used it. So, I mean, kind of picture this, right? So um, it's about six months into my stay in the hospital. Uh, total, I was in there for a total of eight uh, about six months, they took me into physical therapy, and the goal was just to get me strong. Because I mean, imagine I was down to about 130 pounds. I had bed sores. I had a big bald spot back in my head. I was laying flat for so long. So their goal was to get me used to sitting up. So they roll me in there. I mean, I got I still have hoses hanging on me, and they slide me onto this table, and it's called a tilt table. Mm-hmm. And uh, what they do is they strap you down, and they just slowly crank you up to a sitting position. So as they're cranking me up, I could feel, you know, the blood rushing, and I'm I'm starting to get sick. Mm -hmm. And uh, the little girl that's helping me, I look over, I said, I'm getting sick. And so she yells across the room for somebody to bring one of those little things to get sick in. Yeah. They're about the size of a cup. So this girl comes over, she hands me this thing. As I'm I'm getting sick, I'm looking at her and think, oh my gosh, you're hot. (laughs) (laughs) When When I saw that, I'm like, you know what? All right, maybe life's not so bad, right? So um, I found out her name was Sue, and uh, she always went behind these curtains to perform whatever it was, right? Yeah. I don't know what she's doing back to so I asked her what she did, and she said that she does myofascial release, which is massage and deep heat and you know, all that stuff to break up scar tissue. Mm-hmm. Well, I've had 36 operations, so I'm thinking to myself, I got a lot of scar right, tissue, right? right? So I went back to my room. I called my doctor. I say, hey, Doc, I said, there's this girl that does this thing that breaks up scar tissue. I think it'd be a really good idea if I can get back and see her. And he agreed. <laughs> so next thing I know, I'm behind the curtains with Sue. Yeah. And uh, I tell you what, it was, it was incredible. I mean, she saw, I'm going to get teary-eyed here. That's Sorry. okay. She saw something in me. And I mean, picture, I'm, I'm yellow from jaundice. Mm-hmm. I'm skinny as can be. I've got nothing, right? I've lost it all. And she saw something in me that I've never seen. Mm-hmm. And uh, we struck up a great conversation. Um, and uh, next thing I know, she's, you know, I have 
she's asking me out to dinner and and uh we just we started out as friends and she fell in love with that man mm. it it to this day it blows me away what uh, example of what christ sees in us we're worthless and christ still sees value in us yeah she saw she saw something in me that i i, I still can't understand yeah yeah, yeah. and that ended up how long? Because eventually you married her. Yeah, uh, we were engaged within six months after that. Within that year, we were married, and we're going on thirty-six years in March. Wow! Yeah, wow. it's been amazing, awesome thing. So, with that, she helped lead you to Christ. Yeah, or together, or how did that work? Well, she was uh, was questioning more about the Bible. She mm-hmm. wanted to learn more, and she's that type of person. She's a bookworm mm-hmm. and you know a thinker and. And uh, she started basically going to different churches and stuff like that. Well, in the meantime, I was on my way to a hunt in Kansas. Let me preface that with a little bit. I was not born or raised to be religious at all. Yeah. Uh, if you knew my family life, it was not even close to that. Yeah. So here I am. I'm in Kansas. Had a great hunt. Uh, the gentleman invited me to go hunting with him. You know, I'm packing up that Saturday night. He said, hey, he said, we're going to church in the morning. Would you like to join us before you take off? And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> I came here to shoot your deer and not, not go to church, you know. But, uh, but after you shot one, you almost felt obligated. I did. I did. <laughs> Doug and Shelley, they were great hosts and beautiful people. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll go to church. I got it. It was Kansas, right? Mm-hmm. Dirt everywhere. There's this white church with the white fence with a white steeple with a bell i mean everything yeah. you picture right yeah. and i walk into that and people are hugging me shaking my hand welcoming me there and it just felt different right so i, I listened to the sermon i don't even know what it's about anymore but anyways listen to the sermon i'm like okay it's time for me to leave i gotta mm-hmm. go right this is not me and they said oh no you're not leaving uh we're having a we had a carry in so you know you gotta stay for <laughs> gotta stay for yeah. brunch right so i stayed for brunch and again, people are just treating me so well. Yeah, showing love. Yes. Yeah. So here I am. I'm driving home, a 10-hour drive home. And I, all I could think about was those people. It stayed on my mind. And I walked in the door, of course, gave my wife a kiss, you know. And uh, she said, hey, she said, I got to tell you something. She said, I found this great church. And I said, wait a minute, I got to tell you something. <laughs> I said, I went to church today. And she said, no, you didn't. You know, she knew me. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I did. I said, she said, what did you think? I said, I don't know. It just felt weird. And she said, well, I'd like for you to go to church with me next Sunday. And again, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I shouldn't say anything. I said, you know, but, you know, I love my wife. I adore her. So she asked me to do something. I'm going to do it. I'm like, okay, I'll go to church with you. So we went to a church called Grable Missionary Church. Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) got a picture of this. So I get in there, and. My goal was to be like in that last pew at the end by the door. So if I wanted to leave, I was right. going to get up and, and leave. no one was going to bother you on your way nope, out either. Nope. You're going to get out. I'm sneak out. You know, nobody knows I was there. And Pastor Bill started preaching. He, it, was, it was hitting me hard. Mm-hmm. It was as everybody in that room had disappeared. And Pastor Bill's looking at me and preaching. And here I am, a grown man, starting to cry. Because I could feel, yeah. I could feel Christ in me. I could yeah. feel something in me, and I'm trying to turn away, and I want my wife to see me crying, right? So I'm kind of wiping tears away, and we get done, and we're walking out, and Sue says, "What'd you think? I really like that." 
And I said, I did too. I don't know what it felt. I don't know what it was. I said, but I think I need that in my life. And that's, that's what started wow. the whole thing. I think it's cool that you know, here I was out hunting and finding a church. And my wife was home hunting for a church. Yeah. You can't, you can't doubt God's timing. No. Or the Holy Spirit's call. Because that's what you felt was the Holy Spirit pulling was it. at you. Yeah. Now, knowing what I know, right. absolutely, that was the Holy yeah. Spirit knocking yeah. on my door saying, yeah. hey, you got to let amazing. me in. That's amazing. And, you know, I, I think I, I want to make an emphasis on something for our listeners because it emphasized something to me. But the love of the people in that first church is what changed your heart toward leaning towards God instead of away from God. Oh, absolutely. So I think sometimes we wonder, do we make a difference? And we can make a difference just by caring for somebody. And that happens all the time. And I think we take it for granted. We push it away. Ah, it doesn't make a big difference. And it does. Mm-hmm. It does. I didn't know a lot of that. I haven't got, I haven't, first of all, I haven't got to your book yet. You just gave it to me yesterday. Yeah. Um, first of all, you've got a book that tells your life story about getting through the, um, getting through everything you went through. Tell us about where that book and how people can get it. Because some people would love to read this story. Yeah, the book is titled Dead 13 Times. Uh, with a subtitle, Learning to Live After Dying. And uh, you can get it at Amazon, I mean, ChristianBooks.com, um, Walmart.com. It's, it's, yeah. it's everywhere. You okay. Google it, you'll find it. But it's well, called Dead I, I've, 13. I've read, I've read kind of the lead into that, and I, I will read it because you left it with me yesterday. Yeah. So because of your, I don't want to say disability because you're anything but disabled, but you've got some great adventures. You've gotten to do things that most people would never challenge themselves to do. And as part of your challenge to do things because you want to overcome, is that is that kind of what yeah. drives it was driven you? Yeah. So right after I got out of the hospital, I got you know trying to get my life back in order, right? I sold all my hunting stuff because I didn't think I could ever hunt yeah. again. And then my brother-in-law talked me into buying a bow, and he said we should learn how to do it. I'm like, okay, right? We'll <laughs> we'll buy a bow, right? So it went out. We 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 played around trying to figure it out. Yeah, it's hard with no legs, walk with artificial legs. Now, right. my first legs were wood and leather. Yeah. And the feet yeah. didn't move, right? It was back in the... I remember that. that it was a long time not ago, yours, right? but other people, yeah. Um, but yeah, I learned how to climb a tree with them. Learned how to sit down and get back up. And it's just rough. So the more I learned, the more I figured out, okay, if I could do this, what else can I do? Mm-hmm. And I started taking on more challenges and... Uh, doing more trips and just pushing myself to the to the next limit is what I was trying to do. What and I know you've you've got you've gotten to shoot some uh, amazing whitetails. You've gotten to do some elk hunting. What else? Oh boy, <clears throat> been out west quite a few times for yeah. antelope, uh, mule deer. Been a lot of deep sea fishing. Been up in Canada for big whitetails. Mm-hmm. Uh, been to Africa. Wow, took, took I a didn't trip. Know that. Yeah, I took a trip out there with my son. Uh, had a great hunt out there. Uh, brought home about 15 animals. Mm. We, we had a blast. What's What's your biggest or or hardest adventure through all this? Where you've had to push yourself the hardest? The one that really looking back on is my zebra hunt. To get to a herd of zebra, if you picture, you know, there's the herd of zebra. They're all black and white. Yeah. So if they move a half an inch, you can't kind of lose your zebra. Yeah. So we walked about two miles across the plains sneaking up on a herd and the whole time he's barking like a zebra and he was at the point he said we're not going to get close he said it just keep moving i'm mm-hmm. like no i said we've been out here for hours <laughs> we're not i'm not walking he back. was probably used to people giving up yeah i said no we're we're going to keep going and we kept going and going and going we we're out there for the longest time 
And then finally got that one shot at that stallion that was able to pull himself around to kind of challenge us. Mm-hmm. And that's when I finally got no my... Kidding. That was a long, long, long walk. I bet. Greatest challenge of all adventures I've done, not the hunting related, mm-hmm. was heading out west and climbing three mountains in the Sierra Mountains. Wow. With my wife. How high? Uh, we, we, we went for Whitney, mm-hmm. which was just over 14. Okay. Wow. And we got, we didn't get to the top. Yeah. I, we got to a shale ridge I could not get any footing on, and it was either try and die or. <laughs> or and you had already decided not to yeah. do that. So I think we made it about that 11 to 12,000 mark. Yeah. And we had to turn around and come back. Wow. But then we moved on to a, a big pine mountain, I think it was. And then we repelled and ascended through the Alabama hills. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, life's a challenge for you more than others, but really it's a story of overcoming. And really your life is overcoming not only in a physical aspect, in a spiritual aspect. You know, you were ready to die. You had already put your mind in the fact that you were going to die. But because of, first of all, people loving you because they loved Christ. Mm-hmm. And then people that stepped up in God's timing and then the Holy Spirit's calling, you overcame the desire to die and had a desire to live. That's a pretty amazing thing. That's a great story. So lately, your name has come up over and over again, and God was there's a reason God put us together. And I'm going to call you out of call you out of some of your retirement and some of this stuff, maybe, and see where God can use you again. Yeah, I hope so. It's um, your story needs to be told on how God brought you out of a desire to die, and and brought you to a desire to live for Him. And we have a lot of listeners that I'm sure are struggling with, you know, having a hope in this life, and they need to know that. The only real hope we have is through Christ. Because if you hadn't come to Christ, you probably would have stayed back in your old life to some extent. Oh, absolutely. You know, I would and, have stayed doing what I was doing. Yeah. yeah. Life's too short for that, and eternity's too long for that. Yeah. I look forward to maybe doing some things together. You know, I, I think that your story can be told in a lot of other places, and I, and I want to help you find those places and share because it's going to change lives. Oh, I'd be honored. So, yeah. And I, I think that today I hope that our listeners... Listening now, if you're struggling with a desire to end your life, which that happens, you need to pay attention to this story and and your story. But also, even as as believers, a lot of times we we lose hope, we lose sight of what's important. uh, I think your your story shows that there's there's a way, a a good hope through Christ, but also in Christ driving driving us to be more than Mm -hmm. than what we are, you know, what we were. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate Amen. your time, and uh, and hopefully we do get to do this again soon, Lord willing. And uh, it was great finally, finally coming face to face and meeting you. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you having me. Okay, really do. Well, uh, Adam's going to see us out, and I appreciate all our listeners coming and joining us. And if you have any questions on anything you heard today, please get a hold of us. Give us your your book name again and how to find it. Yeah, it's Dead Thirteen Times: Learning to Live After Dying. And you can get it, like I said, you can get it at Amazon, okay. ChristianBooks.com, all those. Great. Well, thanks again for joining us. And for our listeners, hopefully you'll join us again next week as we travel down the trail to adventure in God's great outdoors. How many of our listeners have ever planned their own suicide? How many of you have come to the end of the line and given up all hope? Maybe you're there today, and God brought you to this program to give you His hope. It's a hope that this world cannot understand. In God's Word in Jeremiah 29.11, it tells us about how we can count on Him and have true hope. 
It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. If you're feeling lost with no hope, look up. God has an amazing plan for your life, just as he had a plan for Cam's life. The shots that he took to his body could have ended his life, or when he lost hope, he could have ended it himself. But God gave him his hope, and today he's a man on a mission for God. If you need to talk to someone, Dean would love to visit with any of our listeners. Dean would like to also thank everyone for all of the encouraging notes that have been pouring in lately. We are lifted by you, our listeners. If you've enjoyed today's program and would like to hear the extended podcast version, you can find it by looking for Dean Hulse or Trail to Adventure wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This program is provided by and can be contacted at God's Great Outdoors, P.O. Box 414 Powers, Michigan 49874 or on the website ggoutdoors.org. This is Adam Erickson for our host, Dean Hulse, wishing you all a great and godly week in God's Great Outdoors.